You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Isfear. We are back on the You Can't Sit With Me podcast and I felt it was so important to have the guest that I'm having today because actually the last couple of weeks I have been so unbelievably bored watching every Bravo TV show, Vanderpump Rules. Summer House has been kind of good, but not as good as it normally is. And so I have found myself plagiarizing his work on the podcast to find material to talk about. The guest that I'm having today is Gibson Johns, who is a Bravo obsessive tweet i guess yeah you that that's the best intro i can ask for that, that's perfect <laughs> so you're basically the outline of all my podcasts and also a great resource if you want recaps and know what's kind of going on behind the scenes of all these bravo shows on twitter yeah so i you know i i found re- like starting last year that i there was kind of an easier way for me to be tweeting while watching a lot of my favorite shows with sending some of these screenshots out um and i think people have been really liking that and so i've kind of doubled down on that and it's <laughs> it's gotten almost absurd how many times i tweet about an episode of a bravo show when it's on but um it also makes it more fun to interact with a bunch of people who also feel just as strongly about you know people summering in the hamptons so um, i actually kind of envy you for doing that because i fucked myself over having a podcast and now you know i <laughs> like book a guest and then I have to prepare questions (laughs) and it's so much fucking work for content that is really fucking dumb and you know your tweets can actually be shared and retweeted with you just having a little thought that is just under 300 I think words or whatever it is nowadays yeah Um, and it does take a lot of work and wit for you to do those but I really feel like podcasting is an unnecessary amount of work but I think I think it, I think this that amount of work pays off. We love we love the podcast, and um, it just it's two different kinds of it's two different kinds of content. If I can provide people laugh extra laughs while watching some of these, or just kind of it's just honestly an outlet for my thoughts because I have too many thoughts about these about these people and what's going on in their lives, whether it's real or fake or somewhere in between. Um, so it's honestly just an outlet for me, and I'm glad that I've been able to connect with people through that. Um, because sometimes, you know, you have friends that aren't as into the Bravo situation. Uh, and it's, it's, it's nice to know there's people out there that feel just as strongly. Yeah. And so I know you've interviewed some of the yeah. Bravo celebrities. And have you ever got in trouble for like kind of, you know, you interview them, you kind of know them, but also you tweet about them. Has anyone ever responded to one of your tweets in a negative way? I, I'm lucky. I, I, and I, I'm lucky. And I've also been a lot, lot more cognizant of that as I've started to form more relationships with them. Um, you know, I've been interviewing people for probably five years now. And um, I think at first when I didn't really have as much of a following on Twitter and Instagram, um, you know, I, I was more careless with, with what I would say, but um, I'm, I don't, I try not to be too, too negative when I tweet, um, you know, you can be snarky and kind of have a joke or whatever, but um, you know, I, I know that a lot of, I know that one, there's a lot of people that snitch tag, which I liked, which is kind of the the practice of, if I don't tag somebody in a tweet, that means, that, that means that, yeah, they'll, they'll tag them in the responses to it. And I'm like, there is a reason why I did not tag that person to begin with. Like they're like, you know, there's always a, if you're using the hashtag, there's obviously a chance that like, so-and-so is going to see that I said something a little bit, uh, something a little snarky about them. But like, if I wanted them to see it, I would tag them. And so that that's one thing that I'm that I get really annoyed about. And that happens especially during um 
a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. For some reason, those fans are like the most fervent that I've seen. Oh my experience. god! You and know like, why. and like, I'll tweet something, and they'll tag like all five, all six of them in the in the replies. Uh, I wish I was up to date with Real Housewives. I've been stuck on this crazy Netflix show that I literally I need to finish four seasons. Which before show? I um, it's called Locked Up. Um, oh, I haven't seen it. Oh my god, it's in Spanish, and I'm trying to pretend I'm Spanish. I'm not, <laughs> but it's such a good show, and it's so fucking twisted. Like Ooh. the lady. Was so fucking crazy worse than the housewives so i had to like kind of pause the real housewives to watch this. yeah but um the, the the whole snitch tagging it's happened to me as well a couple of times on stories that were sent to people mm-hmm. and i will say the same thing as you when i started the podcast obviously no one was listening so i was ruthless and now especially because i have a friendship with you know some of the people on random right. some I feel like I really have to filter myself more, which kind of sucks. And today I really kind of want to change that. Yes. I, you know, I, I, uh, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, you know, we should, I think these shows are here for us to be able to air out our thoughts about them and for us to continue to argue, we can argue about them. We can debate over these things. Um, But I think that sometimes people just take it way too personally and, um, let's all just like get along a little bit and, and let's all just like, I think it, there, there's kind of like this unspoken pack to not do the, that tagging. And that's um, what's annoyed me recently. Um, but I, but to circle back to your question, I have never gotten in trouble with like a, with like a Bravo lab on, on social media, thank God. Um, and I, I'm pretty cognizant of the ones that like follow me and things like that too. So there's certain people who I like definitely don't say <laughs> negative things about on social media. Um, but yeah, I try to be careful, honestly. I'm trying to be less careful now because I feel like I built my audience. <gasps> I, <because> am, uh... <laughs> I know, but no, I know. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like I still want to have like my authentic opinions, which mm-hmm. I find really hard because sometimes, you know, these people are my friends and I don't want to talk badly about them. And then at one point I'm like, yeah, but you were an arsehole. So if I want to talk about it on the podcast, I shall. That's um, true. That's, that's a good point. It's like it, 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 with some of them, you get to a point where you actually know them well enough that you can openly criticize them and know that they won't take it seriously. Exactly. You know but I mean? to be honest, to be honest, a lot of them, I feel like the housewives take it more seriously because they're all on right. Twitter and that's what they do. But I feel like people that are actually just working all the time, aka the younger generation, right. the millennials, they kind of understand. It's kind of like an unwritten agreement that they they take on the critique and they're more like good sport about it, I feel like, because they know that they can come on your show and then prove you wrong and they they play into that whole game i feel like it's it's more accepted totally the generation. and it's been it, it's interesting you say that because something that i've noticed or maybe i just realized it recently was that you know the you said the housewives are the ones that really go off on twitter and they're really big on twitter especially live tweeting um for like beverly hills and potomac and things like that but like even though some of the pump rules and some of the van and some of the summer house people do live tweet or they do tweet during the episodes they aren't as good at it. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I think that like, it, it, it's interesting because they are the younger stars of Bravo, but they aren't as good at tweeting uh, during these shows, which I find really interesting. Twitter's like the older platform. They're just better at SponCon on Instagram. The yeah, you're are. right. They're not as witty. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Twitter requires an amount of wit that I personally do not have because it I really has. I think you do. Wit. 
it, it in the, maybe in a long podcast episode, but in these this short amount of characters that you're allowed yeah. to have, I don't know if mine hits hard enough. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I feel you. <laughs> it, part, part of part of your humor is in in your in hearing your voice and the tone of your voice, and that's you know that's that's why the you have a podcast. The accent helps. You know what? It's got me to where I am today. Hey, hey, we're acknowledging it. That that's the first step. You know, I like. <laughs> Think of myself as the Dorit of podcasters. I love that for you. Oh my God, you should lean into that. <laughs> That's uh, Someone told me that the other day and I was like, I kind of hate it because she really, really bugs me, but I have to embrace it because my accent is very confused and you know, there's nothing I can do about it. I almost forget. I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't tell you beforehand, but before we get into the episode, I always start with a tip of the week because I'm also a lifestyle I'm not going to say influencer because who the fuck is influenced by me? Nobody, but I'm a lifestyle <laughs> uh, enthusiast. Okay. And I always ask my guests and then I share myself a tip of the week. So an app, an item, something that has drastically improved your day-to-day life recently. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. Um. Well, I literally yesterday just got an order that I was really excited about from Amazon. I ordered a pair of blue light glasses. I don't know if you use them, but I'd, yes, see, I'd seen a yeah, I'd seen a bunch of you know articles and write ups and recommendations about them floating around, and I think at first I just dismissed it as just kind of like a gimmick or think something that wouldn't really work. Um. But then a coworker of mine said that they had just ordered them and they were really kind of they were made it easier for her to fall asleep at night, even looking at her phone right before going to bed. And so um, I ordered on Amazon two pairs for $24 or something like that. And I've been wearing them yesterday and today, and they're already making a huge difference. They, they put like more of like a yellow tint on what you see when you're looking at these screens all day. And that's what I do. So I'm loving them. And they really have made a difference. And I'm not lying about that. Do you have, do you know the brand name or do you have like a link? Um, yeah, the brand name, it's F-E-I-Y-O-L-D. I, th- I don't know how to pronounce that, Fayold. Um, but there's there the, the ones I got, there's a pair of translucent lenses and a pair of um, or frames and or black, black frames, same shape. And they're really cute and they're really cheap. I can send you the link after this, but um, okay. I'm loving them. Yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my tip. Yeah, no, it's a great tip. I actually wear, you know what? They make you feel smarter and they they make you feel fancier. And I feel like it really helps with your productivity. I I do do that. I totally agree. And and I actually, and to be vain about it, I like the way I look in glasses. And I don't, and I don't, my vision is good enough that I don't need glasses day to day. So this is also just an excuse to like rock that look, I will say. But they also work. It's an aesthetic, but it's also like helps your eyes, which is a good thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, we kind of need our eyes with all the shit that we do on our computers nowadays. I know. My tip of the week is obviously it's quarantine time. I mean, it's actually not quarantine anymore in Switzerland, which like I'm super happy about. At it's all. not at all. Like wow. we have to wear masks everywhere, mm-hmm. but you know, we can go shopping, we can go to the hairdressers, we can do all the things. I don't really do it. I'm still cautious, mm-hmm. but we are actually allowed to be out and about. Interesting. And yeah, it's, but Switzerland, you know, the healthcare is great. It's small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, managed- you're not the U.S. Oh, my God. I can't. Yeah, I literally, like, left the U.S. in a panic because I was like, if I get sick, I, I'm not going to be able to pay for it. And uh, so, you know, what do we do in quarantine? We drink, right? We totally do, yes. 100%. <laughs> and so, you know, 
you want to drink and you want to be messy, I'm not one of those people that has a pool, but I'm one of those people that likes to drink and walk around and take my drink with me okay. from the living room to the bedroom to the bathroom when I'm doing my skincare routine. And I recently invested in these silicone wine glasses. Okay. So Tell me more. Really, yeah, they're really cool. They're on Amazon. They're really cheap. So the great thing about them is that when we're out of quarantine, you can use them by the hot tub, by the pool. You can take them out. You know, they're great for parties. They don't break. And they're silicone. So they mold in the shape of your hand however you want to hold them. So you're never going to drop oh my God. The- yeah. Um, but also they're just great for the house because when you get drunk and sloppy and you're crying in front of your favorite show, you can drop it and yeah, you'll have a wine stain, but at least you won't have little pieces of glass on the floor. So they've come in very handy during this quarantine, I must say, and I recommend them, highly recommend them. I love that. I might be investing right after we, right after we hang up this call. Like that I'm sounds perfect. You. I'm telling you, I've been living with a wine, a silicone wine, wine glass next to me on my couch, sometimes falling asleep on my couch watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you don't have to worry about tipping that over and breaking the glass when you fall asleep. There we go. 100%. The only so thing practical. I have to worry about is my puffy face the next day. But we have a cold roller for that, so we're all good. <laughs> We need, uh, so we're here to recap Summer House and Vanderpump Rules. Mm-hmm. Summer House was the finale. Then we had this Secrets Revealed episode. I kind of wanted to touch upon that. Wait, touch on this? Touch. Oh, I'm, I'm lose, I lose my English when I'm in Switzerland. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, yeah. Yeah, Summer House. I feel like this, this season four was, that just wrapped up was the best season yet. Uh, yes, I agree. I did think last season was really good. I have to say last season really did it for me. Last season was amazing. And I mean, I think that Paige and Hannah were the best things that have happened to this to the show ever. Um, right. They just like give a lot of people life and they have such a good dynamic. And I think they just like, even whether it was knowingly or, or unknowingly, they changed up the whole thing. But um, I thought I just I thought they built on last season. That's what I thought about season four. I thought season three there was it was a total reset from the first two kind of darker seasons. And season four was First of all, it felt long in a good way. Like it felt like there was just like so many twists and turns. Um, yeah. Whereas like I think past seasons, it felt pretty linear. Like like I feel like last season was pretty much just like all about like Amanda and Kyle fighting or like Jordan. And this season felt like there were a ton and of different storylines happening. And yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I loved this season. I thought um, it ended with a bang. It did end with a bang, except for that Secrets Revealed episode, which was completely unnecessary. I'm going to forget that ever happened, I feel. (laughs) I'm going to forget too. I feel like maybe because we're such connoisseurs and you're in New York, right? So you know these people. Yeah, I know Uh, all of them. Right. Yeah. Basically, I feel like because we know what happens behind the scenes already, the Secrets Revealed is is no secrets actually revealed to us, but to, you know, the neutral green eye, it's probably a way to show them that what you see is just a short... it's a, it's a little, it's a tiny little section of what actually happens. And there's right. many more that are said, but are we actually that dumb? I just, was it actually that necessary? I don't know. I was, I didn't learn anything new. All I learned was that Luke is more of a douche than I thought. Mm. Carl is more of a douche than I thought. <laughs> um, girls are more desperate than ever to uh. find a guy. And, you know that and yeah that's that's basically yeah what I- yeah i didn't learn i didn't learn much either i really didn't i think i think that it's 
maybe they thought that it would fill in more of the gaps potentially. I mean, there were some conversations that they showed in that secret secrets revealed special that we hadn't seen like um, certain reveals and things like that. But why do you think they did it for that show and not for other shows with so many more plot twists? The only one they had done it, they've done it for recently was um, Atlanta. They did, they did one for Atlanta and that one was similarly uneventful except the very last scene that they showed during the Atlanta one was like actually kind of a pivotal scene that I was shocked didn't make the season. Uh, but Summer House didn't have that same like one big scene. Like there was there at the, towards the end, Lindsay introduces like a dinner. She was like, you've never, you haven't seen this dinner. Like it was cut from the season. It was one I'll never forget. And then like nothing happened during it. It was just sort of like them talking about, Lindsay, I don't know. It just it, it didn't really go anywhere, so I, it, it felt unnecessary to me. Let's get down and dirty. Who do you think was the biggest douche this year on Summer House? Uh, I think Carl had a bad season. I, I I don't. I think Carl. I think there were things going on with Carl that we don't know about. I think there was some personal stuff happening. He was definitely a little lost this year, and I think that resulted in him displaying douchey behavior. I will say that. Mm. I'm usually the one who's always bitching about Carl and I'll, I'll say it many times. I'll say it again. Carl has come on the podcast. He was mm-hmm. one of my favorite guests. I've met him in person. He's, he's a nice guy. I, I know I've known Carl oh, for I, several years. Yeah. But on the cool show, dude. I was always against Carl and this season I actually felt sorry for him. And I felt like the bigger douche was Luke. I, I don't know why, because normally I don't make excuses for Carl. Mm. Maybe it's from talking to Lindsay. I don't know. But I saw some vulnerability and that I haven't seen in other seasons. In other yeah. seasons, I could see him being an asshole and just being like, well, I don't like you, so I can't do anything about it. And now I actually see him trying to justify himself and explaining why his behavior sucks, which I, I think is progress. I, I agree okay. with that. But I also like he hooked up with three different people in the house this summer. And, I, and it, that to me, that was just like him being a little bit aimless. Um, like haven't learned from your mistakes already? I, yeah, I know. And um, I do think I agree with them that there is like, there is some sort of like spark between Danielle and Carl. Like I do think they have fun together. Um, it's not obviously not meant to be. But um, and then going off the point about him being like more open and, and vulnerable. I do think that one uh, moment that stands out to me for Carl was when him when Kyle sort of confronted him about his dedication to Loverboy and like showing up late to work and all that stuff. Um, I liked that moment. I thought that was a really good moment between two friends and it was pretty genuine. Um, and that was towards the end. So I think that, that sort of redeemed some of Carl's behavior. But um, 100%. And Kyle's as well, because you always yeah. see Kyle as just this like, you know, aimless child just wanting to party who doesn't have a care in the world. Totally. And I actually saw Kyle wanting to salvage his business, his friendships, his relationships. But the thing is, I've always loved Kyle and I've never actually been mad at him. I know he cheated. I know it's bad. I actually am very cynical. I think all men cheat. So, you know, don't come to me if you want to. <laughs> I That's just who I am as a person. And, but I, I, I don't think it's okay, but I actually see that Kyle has good intentions and that he just right. fucks up time. Yeah, I, I I I agree with that. I think Kyle does have good intentions. I think I think he also just gets, he also just gets carried away in the moment. So Am I um, yeah, thought Amanda was being a little bitter and a little bitchy towards the end of the season, or is it just me and my quarantine? Who who were you talking about? Amanda. It, she really had a bone to pick with Luke, and um, I I didn't I couldn't totally pinpoint that. I I definitely thought that like she came off as really intense and 
overreacting on certain moments. Um, like when she slammed that can, that, 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 that like staff of lover boy cans in the kitchen that one time in reaction to what something that Luke said, which he did barely even said anything. Um, that was bizarre. I was shocked. Um, one of the savage moments that I loved the most this season was Paige going hood rat on Lindsay. Not that Lindsay necessarily <laughs> deserved it, but I literally, I, I just love Paige so much. And I, it just made me love her more. The only thing that I was missing from her is a real savage scene. Yeah, that was wild. Like I, that was, that's Paige's biggest freak out of all time. And Lindsay just stood there and didn't say one word. And it takes a lot to, it takes a lot to shut down Lindsay. Like that is not easy. And so that was, that was, I mean, iconic, honestly. I think Lindsay was kind of like, I'm going to play it cool. I'm going to be the bigger person. But I think right. deep down, she was like, holy shit, and did not know what to say. <laughs> she had no idea what to say. And she was, I mean, she was not activated in that moment. I, I love Lindsay. I think Lindsay is like the best reality star on Summer House. But Are you just, um, I purchased her Don't Activate Me merch because oh my I, God, I love that. The best quote to have ever come out on reality TV that I have ever heard. I was going to say, like, I think it shows a lot about Paige, though, that she was able to stand up to Lindsay like that and just kind of shut her down. I think that um, Paige isn't as, um, you know, out- outgoing or, or like, you know, over the top as Lindsay is. But for her to go at her like that and not be afraid of her uh, is pro- is really promising for Paige as, as, she, as, as hopefully the show continues because... Um, you know, it's not easy to go up, up against Lindsay. So, you know, I, I gave her like kudos for that moment. I'm so glad that we also got Savage out of Paige. That is all I needed from her. And so I was very, very happy about it. Okay. Please don't tell me that you're friends with Jules because I want your opinion on her for real. I'm not friends with Jules. Uh, I've just met her when I interviewed them for this season. But um, I don't, I don't, I, I was not sold on Jules as part of the house. I think that she, they tried their best to really get her to connect at the very at, towards the end in that second half, uh, kind of after Jordan was out of the picture, but it just never really clicked for me, and I don't, I wasn't convinced that they, that any of them like truly, truly liked her, <laughs> you know. And I, I think that like they didn't want to seem like bullies, so they they tried to incorporate her, but I think at the end of the day, it didn't totally work. She'll ever, I don't think she'll ever be ingrained in the group enough to to really hit it out of the park. So I, to me, it's like, okay, do you bring back Jules for a season five, or do you replace her with another female cast member who the other guys could potentially like? It could mix up the love life aspect and the hookup aspect of it again you know what i mean like i think that with someone more vicious for the girl yes i agree i agree like almost like a maybe like a female cast member who would like almost align with the guys you know what (laughs) i mean that'd be really fun i agree i think they need to bring back christina gibson if i'm honest she she was she was um a moment (laughs) christina gibson was a moment i love christina gibson she was such like a bitch on the show but so was Lindsay at the time and i just think that if she came back the show would just it would be complete the the female cast would be complete somebody like her for sure i i um yeah i i I agree i i think that and i think that part i've I've been thinking about like what could a season five look like and i i realize i think with the show is like you i'm okay with most of the core cast being the same every year but you have to introduce new people every single season. I think it can't be the same returning people because 
Otherwise, it will get very stale really quickly. So you uh-huh. have you you un- unlike Vanderpump Rules, which like hasn't really benefited from that much new blood. I think Summer House like thrives on it, and you have to have those people that will change it up even every weekend. Even if you had different people popping, like coming for yeah. sort of sort of how Danielle was this year. Well, a Summer House is a completely different dynamic than like a close tight knit right. group. Of- friends that have been working together for eight years exactly. different dynamic, you know yeah that's how sure. the houses are built it's like oh i know this friend she can share the house with us and you know not everyone who shares a summer house is you know a tight-knit group of friends they yeah people all the time yeah you're paired up with random people like very frequently so um i think they would benefit from leaning into that for sure. 100%. Let's get into Vanderpump Rules for a little bit because, okay. you know, I'm sure you've said it and everyone has said it, but this season has been wildly un- un- underwhelming. I know. And I need to understand why. I can't, maybe it was the four episode wedding. Maybe it's just <laughs> the older cast members are boring and doing nothing except for Stasi or, you know, the Toms. I don't know. I just, I need to understand on a deeper level why it's just not working. Yeah, I think the big big picture is that it's just so disjointed from like the melding of the old and the new. It just hasn't worked. I think that they, I don't know if they thought that like their li- the two different groups' lives would would overlap more than they did or what, but it just didn't mesh enough. You know, you had Sheena connecting them, Queen Sheena, who is who everyone said it, but she's carried her back the show the show on her back all season, um, uh-huh. and for multiple seasons, I think. And she, you know, we saw recently that like when one of those editors spoke out that they are painting her in a bad light on purpose. But um, you know, she was like one of the big connectors. I think Dana in some ways got into the old, old guard a little bit um and became established relationships with them, but they weren't deep enough. I actually think that the old guard has enough going on. You know, there's all the Kristen and which is a WeHo drama. A lot of them are having trouble with Jax. You know, Tom and Ariana are continue to sort of like show that they aren't afraid to move away from the pack and like, and have different opinions than the rest of the group, which has kind of a mob mentality, which I love about them. Um, so like the show would have worked with all the old people, but um they st- I think they still feel this pressure to center it on the on on people that work at Sir, and that's where they're running into this issue. You I know? kind of disagree in really? the sense, that, yeah, in the sense that for me, Vanderpump Rules is kind of like the boyfriend who's lied, and you know, because the show lied, it was like these people are still servers, right. not, and he's trying to kind of pick up the pieces and make the relationship work again but he's been dishonest for so long that now it's just the story's disjointed and it just doesn't make sense and I feel like if Vanderpump Rules had been more transparent from the beginning as to where the cast members are at in their lives we wouldn't have encountered this issue which is Mm. a jointed cast of like these people are all of a sudden from one season to the next famous and not working there and friends with Lisa Vanderpump and then these other people that are actually working at Sir. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, you know, that's a fair, that's totally a fair point. And I, and I don't disagree with you by any means. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I think one of the, one of the issues also is like Vanderpump Rules never changed up their cast. You know, they, they added some people, but people have stayed around the entire run. Um, so they couldn't just like swap out the entire cast to continue. I don't know. They, they ran into a roadblock. Servers? If you're going to make a show about the servers, 
Make it about the servers. Don't make it about six people. That are right, now but at this point, they're too. They're, at this point, they're too far in to just co- totally swap out the cast. You know they're what I mean? Too far into the lie, like the the yeah, thread. exactly. Yeah, the yeah, the affair has gone on too long. So 100%. it's like, do they do they do they change it into into two different shows? Do they you know do they? Because I- personally don't want to see you know an, an old 14 year old losing it on his instagram story i know yeah that was rough the lit method like i don't want to see that <laughs> people getting fucked up at their job and throwing at each other and they should have kept it that way i really truly believe that and i know that you say the new cast members didn't bring anything to the table but let me tell you something if we had seen more of Danica, you would have thought differently, my friend, because Danica has so much fucking drama with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She's so fucking funny. And all the stuff that happened with her and her relationship was not seen, but it would have really, could have really made Oh, no, I think that it was totally clear that Danica was a very, very promising presence on this show. Um, but, I, you know, I... I I, I guess what I was trying to say, not that they weren't bringing anything into, into the table, but that they weren't, there wasn't enough room to show that, you know, there just like wasn't enough airtime to, I would have loved to hear more about Danica's uh, clearly messy relationship or Danica's, yeah. the, fact, the fact the fact that Danica had to do a breathalyzer to start her car, like that shit is intriguing. And that shit is like good ass TV. But, you know, because they also have to cut to Jackson, Brittany talking in their kitchen, we can't, we only see a, like a, a two second flash of that. So it's like, there just isn't enough airtime for this to go on as it is. It just, there, there just isn't. Um, they should have Secrets Revealed episode. I would have watched that one. Oh, I would have watched the whole season of Secret Secrets Revealed for Pump Rules, pulling back the fourth wall on on this show. It would have been so interesting. And it's like, you know, you said you have no interest in the jacks of it all and that sort of that whole group. So it's like, break them off. The people that care about them can go to whatever show that would be called. So, you know, like maybe like something about being in the valley. And we can stick with Vanderpump Rules where uh, we hear more about Danica and Dana doesn't have to be forced into this like stupid love triangle and uh, Char- Charlie can try pasta again. And, you know, we can, just, <laughs> we can, we can really, cause if they're, if you're going to give me a new character on a, on a Bravo show, I want you to really dive into them and don't half ass it. I want you to show me everything about their life. If Charlie was to ever try pasta, I really fucking hope that pasta makes you smarter. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> I mean, she went to Olive Garden and we didn't get to see that on camera. And I think that we were robbed of that moment. A hundred percent. I really need to comment on some of your, some of your tweets. Okay. Um, I need to actually quote them because now I can because you're here. So it's not going to be good with them. About Jax, because you really went like you really had strong feelings about Jax, you know, and so he's he's one that I'm not afraid to have strong feelings about. Yeah, to me, to me, to me, not to me, supporting Jax and the way that he's been acting is actually being on the wrong side of history. So, um, yeah, I wasn't afraid to do that. Yeah. Jack's despairingly saying that Sandoval is acting like such a woman and then immediately walking it back saying, I don't mean to bash woman is quintessential quintessential him he'll never get it (laughs) he won't he'll never get it that's the thing it's like they tried to do this thing this season where it was like oh my god like it's jason like Jax is gone like blah blah blah. it's like Jax was never fucking gone he just he just didn't go to kentucky for the wedding you know, I can't. Um, and then the stories. Nobody asked for this. 
no, d- did I lie? Where's the lie, Diana? There is no lie here. Like, like I, I didn't. It, it was. It would have been one thing to show us. Like, it would have been one thing to show us like two of his like manic stories back to back. But we, every time we came back from commercial, it was him, his face just like taking up the entire screen, and I, I it almost like scared me. I it was just, like face that is full of uh, uh, Botox face talking about going to lit method three times have you tried going half a time that'll kill you <laughs> times. that's going on there and like just like a like a possessed demon I can't I there's no other words no, th- th- there was no excuse for that like that was <laughs> I felt I was like personally I felt personally victimized by Vanderpump Rules with the amount of times they showed us clips from Jax Taylor's Instagram story. Somebody replied to that tweet and was like, if I wanted to follow Jax Taylor on Instagram, I would. And there's a reason why I don't. Response. Best response to a tweet. Such a good response. Such a good one. Um, she gives us so much for Sheena. Agreed. But she also... the uh, you can t- I can now tell when they're editing her to make her look like a fool. I can actually tell. I know. And it's so lame to me. Because, like, Sheena, one, started the show. We would not have it in Pump Rules without Sheena. That's what I say! We, and she is willing to go there, and she's willing... To, I, think, I think the thing about it is, like, Sheena is willing to make herself look like a fool anyway for our entertainment. And so it's, like, for them she's to... professional. Right, exactly. Like, she knows what it takes to, like provide a good scene and to you know get a reaction and so like for them to not it's almost like they don't i don't know it's 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 frustrating because i think that she she doesn't deserve that treatment stassi once had it in her she was like i have to you know produce a good show for people to watch and now she lost it i you know i love i love stassi generally like i think that she i just like really like her but i you know the she, like I, I does she has she had an iconic moment this season? I don't think she has. You know, I think that all all we've gotten from her is like the, the engagement was genuinely cute. I think um, I teared up, but I think that you know her and Katie looked like Mean Girls with Kristen this season, and I like Saucy used to make me laugh way more often. And um, I don't know, yeah, I miss I miss some of that old Saucy energy. Stassi used to have less shame and was less filtered. Yes, yes. You know, now, like, you can't just sit down in a in an interview, in a confessional, and give me, like, these cute little one-liners. Like, that doesn't do it for me. I need you to be immersed mm-hmm. in the drama. I you think that Stassi, I, mean? I think you're right that Stassi has the producer's brain, which, like, makes for some of the best Bravo stars, as we've seen, like, across shows. But, like, it's almost gone too far where she's so aware of, like, now wanting to build this empire for herself that she, I don't think she's willing to go there anymore, which is unfortunate. You also said, are these about um, Max and Brett? Oh. Are these really arguing about who has less feelings for Dana when they both clearly have a thing for her while literally sitting at the table with them? I'm so over them. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, clearly I'm having a moment with the men of Vanderpump Rules, let's be honest. Let's but, be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, like they were having this argument as if Dana wasn't sitting there. They were like trying to douche, Max or Brett. Who's the bigger douche? I fuck. That's a hard question. You know, I'm inclined to say I'm inclined. I'm inclined to say Max just because we know more about like his douchey ways. Whereas Brett, it's more just like he has like this like air of douche and like he has these douchey comments. You know what? I'm gonna go with Brett because he called Sheena a middle aged woman and she's like (laughs) thirty five years old. So to me, like that's 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 you can't you can't come back from that. She was 
He's like a major reality star doing him a favor, going on his fucking YouTube channel about fitness. Like, oh. hello, my friend. I'm not coming to you for fitness advice. I don't want to look like a failed rock singer from the weird a rock of ages like substitute player right exactly (laughs) literally a rock of ages substitute that is the best analogy i've ever heard on the show (laughs) in my whole entire life and you have the nerve of calling this woman who looks great for her age who's a great butt who's skinny as fuck who parties like she's 23 a a, a, a middle-aged woman it's, Are you it's ridiculous. It's actually ridiculous. Um, and so, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they both give each other a run for their money. But um, that was just, I thought that scene was so stupid. It's karma at this point. Where we have, here's the thing. Brittany is going to spend her life defending Jack's caught between her husband and her friends that he's causing drama with at any given time. Facts? That's a fact. And it, it just, it's, talk about somebody that I used to adore on this show. I thought Brittany was such a like light on Vanderpump rules for for a couple seasons there but that has definitely changed um light is being dimmed by Jack's 100 percent. it's it's really honestly sad if you think about it to watch her go after Katie just to like defend Jax who's clearly in the wrong it's just so dumb and I honestly feel bad for Brittany because I, I think that she she must feel a little bit trapped, right? Because she knows how much people don't like her husband. But then if she if she were to like back off from it or, or you know split from him, then she's wrong and she's kind of wasted all these years defending him. So I don't know what the answer is for her. And it's it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. I actually am very empathetic towards the fact that, you know, Casey hasn't found her way mm. and she doesn't know what to do. And it's a very sticky situation to be in life. I've been there. God knows. Yeah, we all have. But please, can you at least pretend to have a hobby for us to watch on the show? I know. I beg, I beg you. Remember that? Knit, remember that really dark knitting, like flashback <laughs> moment. Oof, that was that was tough. Like it would have been slightly tiny better if she actually had like a Nintendo. That would have been <laughs> a slightly less better. Oh my god! I what, would if have she, what if she's more. like? What if she's like secretly really big at like esports or Twitch and like does online gaming? Like who knows? Fortnite on Twitch every single night. Oh Can god. you imagine? What's her like? Yeah. What's her? Fin- what's her like? What's a the equivalent of a finsta on Twitch? I don't know. But <laughs> what's her nickname? What's her like gaming nickname? Maybe maybe just music kills Kate. Like her screen name on everything. Or her yeah, Instagram I everything. had an Instagram handle. If yeah. I'm honest. Um, the thing is, like I, I've interviewed I've interviewed Katie and Tom together twice, and I and I really liked them in person. I really liked they they are they are cute together in person, but it's gotten kind of dark with her. On at least the season was was tough for her. And again, I think you're right. It's like she doesn't actually have that much going on, and so. That in and of itself is not going to make for good screen time. Besides being a bitch to Kristen, there isn't enough for me to really be no. a scam. Point. I can't bring myself to to do it. Like I get, I I guess I sort of get why Stassi doesn't have time for the wine, but why doesn't Katie have time for the wine? Yeah, Case Katie should have time for the wine. 100%. Katie should be yeah. Katie should be like leading the charge there. Also, are you going to tell me, like, I can't, Stasi? it's just a lack of consistency on her part because are you going to fucking tell me that the Witches of WeHo was a name invented by Kristen or Katie? No, obviously it was fucking Stasi's idea. Totally. Yeah, 100%. 
you know, at least okay. go to the end of your idea. You've just released a rosé. Like, at least pretend you're actually drinking the fucking wine. That doesn't even make me want to try the fucking wine if I got it for free. I know. It, yeah, to me, like, I'm actually surprised that Sassy's acting that way when it comes to the wine specifically. Because if she is trying to, like, build off of the success of her book and her podcast and her podcast tour and kind of build, again, like, this sort of empire for herself, it's kind of unprofessional for her to, like, let drop the ball when it comes to Witches of WeHo and just kind of, like, do the bare minimum there. To me, like, I'm surprised she's not fulfilling her obligations there fully and enthusiastically 100%. and then pulling out. But I, I'm surprised she's acting this way. I really am. She should be attacking on all fronts, you know, yeah. with her empire. And if that means having a wine that's called Witches of WeHo, so be it. And it's a complete lack of business savviness on her part. Which yeah, I I'm really shocked. Yeah. So am I. Um, one other thing I would like to, you know, talk about before we wrap this up. Yeah. Um, I need to express my frustration, thoughts, and feelings on Lala because uh, she as well is really fucking bugging me. And it needs to stop because if you are going to be on a show with your boyfriend who is known to have had drama with 50 Cent but would only come on the show if that drama wasn't brought up on the show can you at least just have a storyline that isn't i'm going to interfere with everyone else's drama so i can be a hood rat that's wearing ghetto fabuloso outfits but i have nothing going on for myself no thank you i'm just i need this to end yeah i don't think that they thought out i don't think they thought that out enough right i think that i was really excited that randall was going to be on the show um, you know, going into the season, I think, we were, we were, but I think, you know, going into the season, we were also all, we were excited to see sort of what the prospect of how they were going to address the Fofty stuff like that was very intriguing. That was, that was a rare uh, moment from Vanderpump Rules to break out of the Vanderpump Rules world and really be like mainstream. Um, but the fact that like, you know, I guess I sort of get why they didn't address it. They like claim there's legal ramifications and I guess Randall didn't want to talk about it, but you're right. Find something else. Yeah, it's like they it's like but it's almost like because there was all this other stuff going on in this sh- really crowded show that they thought that Lala could just sort of like hide in that and like be her per- have her big personality and have her fashion moments and like that would be enough and you're right it was not enough for me at all. It's not it, she needs to go on the Housewives of Beverly Hills and just get which I'm you know, here for. She needs to get checked by Erica Jane once or twice. And she'll probably be back on track. But until then, I just don't need to see what I'm seeing. I would love if Lala gave us, maybe took a a hiatus from reality TV, said goodbye to Vanderpump Rules, and then came back to Beverly Hills in three to five years. I'd be down for that. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, share all your socials, and please share your Twitter? Yes. My Twitter and Instagram are the same username. It's Gibsonoma, G-I-B-S-O-N-O-M-A. Um, and you'll find me live tweeting incessantly about all of our favorite Bravo moments. Um, so yeah, follow me if you, if you want to hear more of these thoughts, because I have a lot of them. Thank you so much for coming of on the course. show and enjoy Thank the you rest for having me. of quarantine. Yeah. Enjoy Switzerland, you know, keep, keep <laughs> <laughs> enjoy your non-quarantine Switzerland. 
Thank you so much for listening to the You Can't Say With Me podcast. Just a quick reminder, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It is the most helpful and supportive thing you can do for this show. Also, if you would like to engage in the conversation yourself, you're welcome to request to join the secret Facebook group. It's called You Can't Sit With Me. Don't forget to look for it. But all really annoying and thirsty plugs aside, hope you enjoy this episode.